and welcome back to the Gaming Podcast Live. I'm your host, Mia, and we're here every two weeks to talk gaming stories, news, gossip, uh, with your favorite content creators. Don't forget, you can keep up with all the latest news and features from Gaming Magazine by visiting us online at GamingMag.com. But I can't do this alone. So every episode, I'll be joined by a super special guest host. And today, it is none other than the wonderful Jeff Brudlag. Yo! Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, hello. How are you today, Jeff? Oh, goodness. I am. I'm doing great. I've been, uh, been a little busy, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I feel like that's better than not being busy right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? I, I feel exactly the same way. I'm a little bit under the weather at the moment, but I've been busy as heck. And by saying a little bit under the weather, I'm a lot under the weather. I'm so busy, in fact, that I forgot to turn off my air purifiers. Oh, no. You know what? You, that right there. I wouldn't have even so known. You're like, I'm a little bit yeah. under the weather. I'm like, you look like you're like ready to go. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm loving life right now. I'm I'm ready to go there. You know, the world is not on fire. Everything's fine. There's there's no global conflicts going you know, on we, at all. If we have the mental like headspace going into every day, just saying like the world isn't on fire. We're definitely mm-hmm. we definitely it, it gets easier <laughs> to it go does. through the day. It, it it certainly certainly gets a lot easier to to get through the day absolutely absolutely yeah uh, and just a quick reminder for everybody uh, those joining us live you can interact with us in the uh, gaming magazine discord there's a special twitch chat section over there as well oh yes of course there is yes i completely forgot about that uh yeah or if you're here live watching this right now you can interact with us here in twitch chat too uh now course it's not just going to be us two because we do have a uh, another super special guest this week and it's uh, one of gaming's rising star nominees the fantastic it's me holly hello hello, hello. happy time zone happy time, happy time zone how are you doing today i'm doing so well it's 1 p.m over here so it's my morning on a sunday mm-hmm. getting the day started I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having mm. me. Very, very happy absolutely to be here. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic to have you here. Um, I just, I hope you've had a, a wonderful morning so far. Just like, uh, what time did you say it was for you? It's 1 p.m. 1 p.m. <laughs> 1 p.m. Okay. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool. I, I woke up at like 10. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I feel you. I did, like, I'm yeah. sick. I didn't wake up till like two in the afternoon today. Hey. Like, yeah content creator lifestyle let's go yeah wake up late go to bed late let's uh let's do it yeah um now we always kick off with the weekly recap recap no the weekly recap including all the games we've been playing recently uh so actually jeff i'm gonna start with you this week to give myself a chance to catch my breath (laughs) what have you been up to this week um i oh i've been working on as far as games go, I have been mm-hmm. playing a. I'm sucked into Final Fantasy 14. It's it is never gonna let its grips off of me, and I um, even when I'm like, you know, I should take a little bit of a break from it so I don't get burned out. I like will sit there and be like, oh, but like it's I can just click it. It's right there. It's like it's, mm-hmm. it's just tantalizing mm-hmm. me with its little seductive fingers. 
Um, so you've been you've been on the podcast before. Like when you were on last time, had you played much of Final Fantasy fourteen? How far had you gone into it then versus now? I am I'm almost to like the most recent expansion, but I was playing as a class that I wasn't like super into. So I wanted to change mm-hmm. classes so I can go back into the main story with something I actually enjoyed. Cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And uh what what class are you playing as right now actually right now i'm playing red mage so it's been really fun to like you know it's so good it fulfills all my dreams of like i don't know i've like noticed this one thing as uh, when i was growing up i was like every main character in final fantasy games has a sword but like Mm -hmm. my favorite my favorites were always the spellcasters i was love black mages white mages like so when i jumped into final fantasy i wanted to be a black mage because i was like i want to be shooting spells everywhere but i'm like we don't have i still don't have a sword what the heck so then they're like but red mage (laughs) And I was like, oh, I get a sword and magic. Sign me up. So yeah, totally. Now totally, I can do absolutely. That and backflip and all this stuff. It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. I still uh, I still need to finish leveling my red mage. I've been like straight on that Reaper lifestyle at the moment. Oh, just just yeah, give yeah. me a big old scythe and like a demon inside. Just just reflecting reality. Let's go. Listen. Let's, let's do that instead. Listen, carrying a scythe is hot. It's it's uh it it's is. hot people stuff. So like every it time is. I've seen somebody as a Reaper just out and about, I'm like, you're hot. Mm-hmm. I just I I very much believe in reaping what you sow, and if I can be someone with a massive scythe that like just you know gives death to everybody yes. who deserves it, then you know, that's 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 what I'm gonna do. I don't know what that says about me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All good things, mm-hmm. hopefully. Great. Holly, have you ever played any like MMOs or you playing fourteen? I haven't. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't. No, I do enjoy watching other people play it but I've never gotten into it. I think I have like a very addictive personality and I, part of me knows that if I start playing them, I'll get really sucked into it. <laughs> that is, that is a very high possibility of that happening. There's yeah. so much in yeah. there for me. Fashion is the end game. So like anytime mm-hmm. I see like something like that looks really cool in there, I'm like, I have to do whatever I can to get that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I spent like 1.4, 1.4 million gil on an outfit just to go to a specific area that was cold in the game of uh, the this expansion and i'm just like i just need to look good while i'm killing my enemies that's that's uh that's the most important part of this have you um been up to much else jeff um kind of get kind of dipping my toes back into uh pokemon as well uh mm-hmm. that has been uh arceus like okay so I'm not sure if either of you played the new Pokemon yet. I've played Arceus. Okay. It's, it starts off much slower than other Pokemon games have. So mm-hmm. like that almost deterred me from doing it. It's a lot mm-hmm. of talking. There's uh-huh. so much talking. That almost kept me away from it. But once I got past that and the game like really was just like, okay, go all the way over there. Have fun. And I was like, okay. And I like that. I was just like interacting with all this little Pokemon. Like they do the cutest things. There are some Pokemon you just, <laughs> you're out in the wild and like, they'll just walk up to you and be like, Hey, hi. Like, mm-hmm. what's up? Would you, you want to, you want to talk to me? Can I get in that ball of yours? <laughs> <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have you caught any shinies yet? No, I haven't. I don't think I've seen any yet. Uh, it's, it's so weird. It seems to be completely random if you do run into them or not. Cause like, uh i think it was within the first week of me playing i found two randomly just out in the wild and then since that i've not seen any more so and those two were on the same day it's it's super weird not including like the mission based one that you get but yeah i think i ended up getting a a green stantler and like an 
a slightly off off gold starly or something like that. But yeah, oh, very weird. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how the shinies really work in it, so I haven't like looked into that too much. But because anytime I've had gotten a shiny and any other ones, it's just been random. Mm-hmm. Like one yeah. shiny like crashed right into me when I was playing Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What the heck?" It yeah took me off guard. In in the past, like it's always been like I have to breed shinies because it's mm-hmm. either I encounter them randomly or I use try and use the methods that you know make them available in the world. But I'm, I always right. mess that up. So it's like I I spent like God knows how long just breeding uh, a phalanx like a shiny phalanx in in I think that's its name anyways the the little row of Kirby looking guys in the helmets in Sword and Shield like I had to bre- breed one of those shiny ones and it took me forever I actually gave up because I was doing it on stream and then I gave up on it and then I went back onto the game to check up on something literally the next egg that i had the next couple of steps i took it hatched and it was a shiny and i'm like oh my god it was like three months later at that point so i thought it's a little bit pointless i'm not going back to sword and shield now but that's so that's so annoying so annoying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh yeah is that is that all you've been up to in the last uh couple weeks i have been oh my god i've been busy working on like uh on a uh thing uh, oh, i can't thing. quite i can't i don't it's one of those things where it's like i think i technically signed an nda for it but like i, oh, I also yeah. okay. i don't want to go back into the contract to see so like i've mm-hmm. just been like secretive about it but there's a thing i've been working on that's a really cool thing i think all i can say is that it's a brand that you all have definitely heard about um oh. but i've been uh working on how to do some like revisions on some of it so it's been uh taking up a lot of time but it's gonna be cool it's gonna be okay cool, cool. I'm yeah. excited for that mysterious thing. Yeah. Um, as for me, uh, I had my birthday um, last birthday. week. Yeah, I hate getting older. It's terrible. I hate it. Uh, I'm not going to say how old I am because then I would want to go and throw myself off a cliff. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. it's 22. <laughs> yeah, 22. I'm, yeah. I turned yeah. 22 uh, for the... Um, the the 10th time yeah i uh i, I turned 22 for the 10th yeah. time how do you think that's accurate jesus um <laughs> all right yeah. but uh yeah i did some birthday stuff i went out and i got sushi with family oh, um it was it was a lot of fun it's it's nice that places are uh, feel i don't know it's, it's weird it, it feels a little bit safer to go out now at least in the uk mm-hmm. um even though apparently here we're just pretending like the pandemic is is over uh everything is just pretty much gone away even though uh it's not but uh we were pretty safe about things and and like uh my um a lot of my family members were were going off to to different countries for a holiday um like literally now i'm the only one left in the uk out of all my family i'm the only one left in the uk right now so we thought we'd have one last hurrah before everyone went away um so yeah we got sushi it was great and uh i bought everybody boba which was an experience for them because it was the first time they've ever had it. Oh and, uh, their, and their reaction, it was just, it was, uh, it was underwhelming. To say oh, the really? Least. Yeah. I was like, I thought you'd be so much more into this, but like parents, parents, uh, <laughs> my sister loves it. You know, she, she loves anything. She, she's lived in like, uh, Asian countries for, for periods of her life. Oh, like, okay. um, she was kicked out of Japan during the, the, the panini uh she had to come back to the uk unfortunately uh but she plans to go back as soon as she can that whole situation has been a a, a massive pain but oh. but anyway that's not games what i have been playing though 
Elden Ring has taken over you know, my life. Yeah, I was going to say, like, have either of you been playing it yet? Yeah, um, I, I just, I can't, it's one of those games, like, I can't stop thinking about. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I want to play other games on the stream, but at the same time, whenever I try and boot something else up, I'm like, I just really want to be playing Elden Ring right now. I just want to be running through that open world. And it's so weird to me because Souls games... I'm not a massive fan of Souls games. They're very, very hard. But, and I'll, I'll, I'll always hit a brick wall and I'm like, well, I can't do this. Like, I'm stuck now mm. and I just don't want to play anymore. But I think with Elden Ring, the difference there is, uh, well, the multiplayer is a lot more accessible in this one, which is absolutely great. And uh, if you find something that you can't get past, there's literally an open world that you can just go and explore and just kill some stuff and like level up and then come back to it later. Uh, maybe you find a new weapon or something, which is which is great. The actual game design itself and the way that they've crafted the world actually feels a little bit like uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, oh. funnily enough, in terms of the exploration. But it actually feels like there's stuff there and that the world was designed with a purpose rather okay. than in Arceus where the world just feels a little bit empty. You know, it just mm. feels like it's a, just a big open field with Pokemon. Like there's so many like little minute details and 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 places that you can go and like stories that kind of like are implied behind lore like i found this person this monster crying over a grave the, the other day and it's like oh god what is the story there is like did they lose a loved one or something but there's like little bits and pieces like that which make it so much more intriguing to actually explore all this stuff and like hidden stuff everywhere uh so that's been a heck of a lot of fun the only downside i will say is that I can feel that 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 kind of like that get good mentality um, mm-hmm. kind of coming through. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you play multiplayer, you leave yourself open to these things called invasions. And essentially, anybody else who's in another game can come online. They can essentially invade your game and come in, like, try and shank you and kill you and take... Well, it just kills you and the person that you're with if you're playing in co-op. But uh, that person is doing it for a a special collectible or something. Hmm. But what happens is you'll be playing it for like a couple of hours. Then all of a sudden this red specter will appear and start hunting you down and trying to kill you. It's another player, obviously. Um, And it's just really annoying. It's like, I don't want to be punished for wanting to play a game with my friends. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that just happens if you play co-op. You know, that's the price you pay. You just got to like get better at it. You know, it's almost as if. It is yeah. like a punishment. And I don't want to be punished for playing multiplayer, just well, even if it makes it a little bit easier. You know? That's, that's the thing. Like it's there's when it comes to soul like Soulsborne's games in like particular, it feels like the attitude is just, yeah, it's just like, oh well, if you can't do it, you just have to get better. It's like Yeah. Yes, but like if the if I'm not enjoying the process of getting better, why do I have to like, you know, mm-hmm. strain myself just to like why why does gaming shouldn't feel like a chore? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like it should still be something that you can opt out of. I'm not one of these people that says, you know, there should be, uh, it should be super, super easy to play a Souls right. game. I know there is an element of challenge there. And as far as the games go, Elden Ring has been the most accessible game when it comes to difficulty. Because like I said, if you do hit a brick wall, you just go away, do something else for a bit, just get better, level up, get stronger, and then come back to it and it's easier afterwards. But having i don't know just 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 having you be punished for wanting to play a game with your friends 
And I guess seeing that, some people would see that as a challenge. I see it more as a chore because either it's a it's like a 75% chance I'm going to die, 25% chance I'm going to survive with the help of my co-op partner just because the person who's coming in usually has better stuff than I have. Even if they're leveled down, they have weapons which like do bleed damage. And then after a few hits, I'm just absolutely decimated. And it's like, that's not fun to me. You know, I don't really care about having to deal with this chore. I'm already dealing with the game itself, which is a chore in a way. And then you add this other thing every couple of hours that I have to deal with. I'd rather just flip a switch and say, I don't want to do that, you know? And a lot of people would say, you know, well, just don't do multiplayer. This feels like that's so... Again, it just reinforces that whole, but, you know, yeah. you've got to get good at the game. But, but if you like the if you like the idea of just... I, don't know, I, I guess in a sense, I can understand wanting to keep that on just because there's mm-hmm. a level of almost realism to it of like you're just minding your business and then suddenly someone's like, I don't like you. Let's get out. You get you out of here. And like I, I that adds a level of excitement that I've never heard of in a game. So yeah. I can understand wanting to like not feel like every time that happens means that you're going to die. Yeah, I mean, for somebody who sucks at those games, it means I'm going to die, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, and like, I'd rather just have the experience where, you know, I'm just hanging out with friends and just like ganking things and just it gets easier for myself than having to go through that whole experience. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, Lost Ark, I, I've pretty much given up on it after the server issues. I was just oh, like... Oh, I didn't realize they had servers. There's... Well, it was that popular that the wait times for the servers would take so long. So I would oh. boot it up at the start of a stream, play like a different game for ages while it was loading in. And then after loading in, if I forget about the game, and because it, it doesn't give you a ping or anything when you've loaded in, I literally just have to run it in the background oh. with something else on top. So by the time that I've gotten in, I switch back over to that game. It's like you've been kicked out for an activity. And like the wait times for actually getting in were worse than anything I've ever experienced, worse than Final Fantasy 14. It was like four to five hours to even get into the server. What? Because I'm in the European server. Five hours? Yeah, the European servers have just been absolutely decimated um, by people. I think that's because there's certain content creators on them. Um, That just means they're they're extremely popular. So yeah, it's like like Tyson is saying in chat, 17,000 people in the queue at one point. And, and if Dang. you get kicked out of that queue as well, I think you go straight to the back. So uh, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. So I gave up on that. Uh, but yeah, that, it's, it's all just been Elden Ring, really. Harley, though, I want to know what you've been up to recently. What have you been playing? Um, different games. <laughs> I've been, no, been I watching a, a lot of content creators I know are loving Elden Ring. I have been hmm. watching a lot of that, but I have not played. I um, My favorite game that I played recently, I played it last week, is a horror game that just came out called Martha is Dead. I've got mm-hmm. my eyes on that. How did you feel about it? Okay, well, no spoilers. This is a no spoiler stream, but I I play a lot of horror content. I love horror games. I have never been so shocked by a game ever. It was so, the storytelling was so powerful that the whole game, I was just so captivated by it. I would highly recommend, it's like a six hour playthrough. Um, the, the character development was incredible. And it was, I play a lot of horror games that rely on cheap jump scares. This was not one of those games. This was entirely psychological. Um, I, most of the horror games that I play, like I am very reactive to games. I get scared very easily. So it was fun to play a horror game that wasn't scary in the traditional sense. 
Um, highly recommend it. So play that. And then jumping from that into like Jurassic World evolution, <gasps> planet zoo moment. I know I saw Evo in the chat saying, I was thinking about all the giraffes that have unfortunately passed away. <laughs> um, not by my doing. I would never do that to a giraffe. I love animals. Um, but yeah, just what, what happened to these giraffes then? Yeah. Why, why are there giraffes Story passing time. away? Mm. Listen, sometimes, unfortunately, giraffes succumb to um, diseases or old age. A lot right. of that's out of my control. You okay. know, I, I would say that I provide a very excellent environment for all animals to thrive in any game that I've ever played. So out of my hands, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Understandable. Mm-hmm. And then I got into, for the first time, Fortnite yesterday. Oh. I've never played Fortnite. It was a redemption from a stream that I did a couple of months ago. And I have just been busy. I haven't been able to plan it. So I played mm-hmm. Fortnite for the first time yesterday. And it was, as I expected, so much fun. I don't think I've ever had that much fun playing a game. Um, so I will definitely be playing that more. Yeah. I uh, Funny you say that, actually. We, uh, we have a show uh, called Let's Go Gaming, which we do every single week on either Wednesday or Thursday. The last one, it was suggested that we play Fortnite. So I jumped into Fortnite with uh, other creators, Heishay Lady and Nimbly. And I, I, I've always been one of these people who's like, oh, Fortnite, it's so popular. And I really hate the fact that it used to be like a um, uh, kind of like a, a wave defense game that then got kind of molded into a battle royale when it wasn't that successful. So, and as somebody that was a founder of the original game, I was always kind of like, damn, they changed my game. I'm so mad about it and just never wanted to play it because I would be so stubborn. But then I played it the other day and I'm like, fun it's so fun it's fun and spider-man gauntlets and flip around what is this oh no i'm not even like i'm not a competitive like gamer i don't like i'm not like an fps esports legend type of Mm -hmm. gamer but i just like the um i like the nuances of it like i like to get in the cars and drive around yes okay yeah like i like to like knock down stuff with a hammer and do little dances Mm-hmm. I just thought it was very cute. <laughs> oh, so like with, you know, so when people are playing, they can basically be like, oh, Holly was here. Yeah. And I think that's really nice. And I played with friends. So it was, you know, it was nice mm-hmm. to the camaraderie of it was really fun. Did you get a, uh, a victory royale? Were you playing? We got so many. I think we got five or six. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to be fair, we were playing on my servers. And I think there's like a skill-based level matchmaking situation going on so they're probably like 11 year olds like, yeah this, time, that's but... the thing like we got like five victory royales in a row and it's like we're we're just killing kids now aren't we we're just that's what yeah. we're doing here <laughs> we're just in the kiddie pool like beating up those children and it's like uh okay beating up some kids but, uh, who just bought the game <laughs> exactly yeah we're just just beating up kids that, that just got the game um but it's fun it's fun and uh, i definitely want to play again we should play sometime totally let's do it i'd love to yeah well, it seems like we're both great at the game, Victory Royale. So, exactly. Like, yeah. Tried, my my younger brother um, had like such a Fortnite phase. I don't know if he still likes it, but uh, he tried to get me into it, and I tried playing it. And I don't. They hadn't. It wasn't as new as it is right now. Like they definitely added a lot to it. To where, like, if I were to try it now, I'd be like, "Oh, this is completely different," and maybe I would enjoy it. But I remember playing it, being like, hmm, "Not for mm. me," but. I suppose for for me and Holly, I would try it again. It's it's very it's a weird experience going into that game now because it kind of feels like it's the Smash Brothers of shooters. There's so many like characters in there. Like I came across Rick and Morty in the game, like Rick from Rick and Morty, and I was like, "What the hell is this character doing in the game? This character from a show that's that's not 
I don't think they should necessarily be in a kid's game, but you know, it's uh, everybody loves Rick and Morty, apparently. I mean, you know. Yeah, there's like Resident Evil characters. Like I was playing with Radamoji, and Radamoji was playing as Jill Valentine, Perfect. and I was playing as I a didn't even know character. that. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's all of the different. It is cool to see who plays it too. I just like the jellyfish. It was dressed in bisexual colors, and I felt <sighs> very, Plus. very represented by that jellyfish in that moment. So it was mm. nice. Mm. I love that. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Was that uh, the saddle that you've been up to uh, in the past couple weeks? Or is there anything else? Streaming wise? Streaming yeah, wise? gaming wise. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been playing. I play, um, I feel like I play so many random other games. I play a lot of indie horror games too. Mm. So there's been a few. I played, um, I downloaded a bunch of games from itch, itch.io. Love it. Uh, in the yeah. indie horror category. And I didn't even look into them very much. I just like went down the list and was like, sure, I'll download that. I think we played seven in one stream because they're all so short. Mm. We played this one called Mr. Tomatoes which is a game where the um, the main character is a large tomato and you have to cook him a meal. And the total playthrough time for me was three minutes. So wow, okay. Speedrunning expert? Wow. I believe so. Submit that what to GDQ. Of, yeah, what, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> what kind of meal did, was, you, did you make for him? Hopefully it was a vegetarian meal. Um, I did make him a bacon smoothie. Oh, okay. Interesting. Unfortunately, right. there was ketchup involved oh okay oh damn it got dark. oh no <laughs> i don't know cannibalism but there need, here we are you need a liquid with the bacon in order to liquefy it i i don't know a lot about science but it felt right in the moment so it's <sighs> it's so weird that you say that i actually went to five guys the other day and i don't know if this is an american thing but i had i had bacon in a milkshake for the first time um mm. And and uh, and and I was very. My taste buds were very confused by that. Well, what else was in the milkshake? Uh, I I had like uh, malted milk and Lotus Biscoff in there because you okay. can pick your own mixins. So I thought that might go nice together, like a like a sweet and salty caramelly type thing, almost like a pancake, you know. Okay. Um, but uh, it was a little bit too much. It was like smoked bacon, and uh, even though it was like crispy, it was like. I don't know if that smoky flavor goes with with uh, with caramel. Yeah. Some, you know, so some... the bacon was like an accessory to the milkshake, like it was adhered to the top of the milkshake, or it was like blended. It in? was it was in the milkshake. It was like bits of, oh, wow. of bacon, just okay. like in the in <laughs> too big to go up the straw, mind you. And they give you these paper straws, and they just fall apart. It's it's like yeah. uh, okay. That's the unfortunate thing sometimes with American food is like sometimes they try to throw bacon where it doesn't belong, and you're like, <laughs> well, um, you know, it's bacon can and should be used sparingly actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true mm. i mean i love bacon but that was uh that was a that was a choice i'll not be making again it was it was fun up until that point though everything else and <laughs> that tasted great except for the bacon so um anyway it's uh it's time for a section we like to call bite-sized news uh which is exactly what it sounds like we go over everything gaming that has been in the news recently and unfortunately we're starting with one, which is as has has kind of like ticked me off uh, mm. quite a bit. As as some of you, as some of you will already know, uh, or if you're new here, you might not know. I am a trans woman, um, so this is kind of like really annoying to me. Well, it's probably really annoying to a lot of people, but specifically, uh, Texas has introduced a bill that essentially, I don't want to say criminalizes, but it it, it presents. Uh, trans affirmative care for trans youth 
as being child abuse. Uh, basically, uh, Governor, is it Greg Abbott? I'm terrible with names. Yeah. Put out a bill, um, which essentially was was likening uh, any trans affirmative care for 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 children as as child abuse and said that these these parents should be reported to the child protective services and investigated and the whole thing uh, just makes me so angry because a, a lot of it is based on misinformation and and just 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 general lies like i I went and did some research and I looked up some stuff for the uh, for this story and I was uh, just shocked. I went into the comments section and I was shocked like how many people are just assuming that any form of trans care... Now, when you say trans affirmative care, that can mean anything, you know? That can mean like mental health services, that can mean counselling. It doesn't necessarily mean like actual medical things to to make people transition um it doesn't mean a hormone replacement therapy therapy necessarily uh, it can it doesn't necessarily mean uh surgeries again it can but that's like i i've never heard of a kid like a, a child going through medical surgeries for transition until they're of age um and it also means puberty blockers which for some reason are being likened to forced sterilization by uh which doesn't make any sense um because like a lot of people just don't seem to know how these things work a uh, little bit of a little bit of education for those of you you who might not uh puberty blockers are exactly what it sounds like they're not just used for for trans patients they are used for in a number of cases but essentially what they do is that they block the onset of puberty which is completely reversible at least what it does is it stops puberty happening for long enough for that child to go through a number of years and then decide if they want to go through their regular puberty, their puberty that aligns with, you know, the sex they're assigned at birth, or if they, you know, are going through um, transition and they realize that they're actually trans and they want to transition to the other gender, they can then start on hormone replacement therapy, which takes them through uh, the 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 appropriate um, puberty that they they would want, but a lot of people seem to think that again are likening it to forced sterilization, which is 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 mind boggling to me. Just the amount of misinformation that's going on. Um, I came out and I I talked against this bill being introduced because obviously you know it's a horrifying thing for the for the parents. Imagine just living in the state of Texas and all of a sudden just because you want to care for your child you're now being investigated by child protective services for even like taking them to see a medical professional it's it's mind-boggling um I just can't imagine like just because the first thought I you know thought of was how how traumatizing that has to be for trans kids just hearing that this bill is now a thing and now mm -hmm. not really being able to know who they can trust regarding mm -hmm. just knowing that about themselves Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure that this will like encourage probably uh, weird forms of uh, vigilantism, perhaps mm -hmm. like or, or even like false flagging people down. Like imagine living with the threat that at any time if you if you come out, if you live the way that you want to live, all of a sudden, like a, a teacher, a friend or anybody in your life can call up Child Protective Services and say, like, your parents are supporting your transition. Um, 
and you are now being investigated for potentially or what the state has deemed as child abuse. It's it's insane. And like I I've I've been looking at interviews with with parents and they're they're all like so shocked and appalled and just living with the fear now that at any point they they could be just just have their kids taken away. And it's it's really upsetting. It's, like like this is stuff you see in like dystopian movies like this is straight up like i don't i and i i don't it's there's i go between like i i want to like know like what makes somebody so just it's evil it's evil is what Mm -hmm. it is like to where Mm -hmm. you can you would want to do something that would actively harm both these parents and these children's lives but like at the same time it's like i also don't want to (laughs) know because it's like i there's there's so much going on there that has nothing to do with trans people to where like mm-hmm. why do this to a whole group of people that are just trying to live their lives yeah to me this point like it's it effectively takes away the ability for trans kids to have a safe space of any mm-hmm. kind because mm-hmm. you know if previously maybe they didn't feel safe at home well maybe they did have someone they could confine with in a school or mm-hmm. in another public space and now it's encouraging anybody to turn them in to turn their parents in as child abusers so it's I think incredibly traumatizing like psychologically as well as harmful to their physical well-being absolutely yeah I mean for the like from from a personal point of view um if we go back to the 90s um when when I was a kid growing up in the 90s and early 2000s for the longest time one of the reasons that I never came out is like this idea that that being being trans or, or or even being gay was this thing that was the other you know always presented as the other the thing that you don't want to be um that was made fun of in media in all forms of media like you, you think about just even on the, the shows where you wouldn't think it would be like jokes in friends like Chandler's dad or um, even saying that is is weird or in Austin Power, Austin Powers, no, sorry, uh, Ace Ventura, uh, the scenes in Ace Ventura, which are incredibly affecting. And like just having that being so prevalent in the media and just in the day to day and the fact that, you know, trans issues never got talked about and that it was this thing that was taboo and weird um, for the longest time, that was one of the reasons that I never came out until I was like in my mid twenties, and it, it definitely caused me so much hard, hardship and heartache. And even when I came out, I thought like I was letting, because I've been programmed so much. I thought I was like letting my family down. You know, I was I was doing something incredibly wrong. Unfortunately, my family are really accepting. They're really lovely. But to know that that those kind of like mindsets, those prevailing mindsets of just, again, making uh, trans kids the other, making trans people the other, making anything that's LGBTQ the other is going to perpetuate this, these same types of mindsets. And it's going to actually ruin some people's lives. This is totally going to straight up potentially cause suicides um, at the worst. This is going to do a lot of harm. And I think the thing that makes me pissed off the most about the situation is that whenever senators, whenever, you know, like turfs come out uh, and and present, propose these rules, propose these changes, they always do it as if it's in the benefit of children. Say, oh, we're trying to protect children, you know. What part of this, it's like the bathroom bans, what part of it actually protects 
children. Which children? Just the general children? So you don't mind throwing the lives of trans kids under the bus for this proposed hypothetical situation that you've created, which never happens. Like, whenever I get into arguments uh, about this on Twitter, and I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, but whenever I get into conversations about this on on, on Twitter, um, there's always like people coming out of the woodwork saying, well, what if there's a family that's forcing their child to transition? It's like, in what universe? In what universe is there, are there parents that are forcing that? In, <laughs> in which universe are their parents forcing their children to go through transition? Do you see this happening a lot? Is this something that that, that we're not, not seeing that's not getting talked about? Yeah, well, in what world are we forcing our children to go through something that makes their lives ultimately much harder? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, um, it's like they'll always pick... Uh, a hypothetical example that is the furthest away from reality to justify these actions as protecting children. And it's ridiculous. What these rules are really for is to make it impossible for trans people to exist in society, full stop. Like the bathroom bans, the, the um, again, these kind of laws that would, again, make it potentially child abuse to even try and help your child. It's just trying to make it impossible for trans people to exist as a functioning member of society. And if it's just Texas, then it's Texas saying, listen, we just don't want you here. Get out. That's the message that they're trying to send. They're not trying to help anyone. They're trying to alienate and just get rid of any kind of LGBTQIA plus people in their state. That's the long and short of it, which is, and it's just really, really frustrating that so many people are are brainwashed into believing so much misinformation. I guess that's a general feeling, but you know, uh, yeah. that could apply to so many things. But when it's actually like affecting the lives of people, it just it just twists the knife even more, you know? Yeah. I you go Holly. I saw too there was another, I believe it's a senator, um, and unfortunately I don't know her name, but I saw as a response to the news that's happening in Texas, someone like a public figure came forward and encouraged public physical acts of violence oh, against trans individuals yeah. from this. So that, that is what it will lead scary. to. It's, it's incredibly it, dangerous. It'll, it'll totally yeah. embolden people to to do more against, you know, like like trans people. Um, that there have been like so many trans deaths that just don't go reported on or just don't get any news coverage because it, it does feel like it's it's not necessarily sensationalized enough for the media and nobody really cares about it. Um, but it's not all completely bad news, I guess. Um, obviously, this is horrible news, but there is the idea that, you know, that the, this isn't necessarily a legal bill. It won't necessarily actually hold up anything in court if these things did happen. I mean, it doesn't change the fact, the reality of, of you know, being investigated by Child Protective Services and, and just just going through that in general. But um, it doesn't necessarily hold up legally, this bill. And there are already so many uh, organizations coming out and providing services and and trying to take action towards trying to, to make positive changes for trans people and the trans and trans youth. And there are a lot of things that you can do. Um, you can actually check out I don't want to plug anything, but you can check out some of the articles on gaming. Um, NYC Gamers is doing a lot of work in order to help support trans youth. Uh, there are some some 
resources that you can access on there as uh, well as uh, there's another article with different resources and different ways to help the trans youth of Texas over at gamingmag.com too, if you want to check that out. Um, But yeah, that is a lot. Uh, So maybe, yeah, let's move on to something a little bit lighter. What have you been looking at recently, Jeff? Um, So this actually was like, this is completely news to me. um, But apparently Dead by Daylight is getting its own board game. And I was, yes, I saw this. Yeah. I was reading up about it a little bit and it, I don't know, it seems pretty cool. Mm. Mm. Like I saw it. um, Well, here's the thing. Like I'm, I, I love the idea of a Dead by Daylight board game and I was looking into it and I'm hoping that it's just going to be what it appears to be is that it's it's going to be you're moving around a board as survivors trying to get to generators in order to you know put 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 i put tokens into the generators and gain mm. points from those generators okay. in order to win the game whereas if you pl- i think you have the killer in the game too and if you play as the killer you have to go and hunt the people down just like you would in the game and uh, do damage to those people and end up hooking them in order to win points on your end too now in terms of the actual concept of it it sounds it sounds pretty cool. Like yeah. I could kind of get behind that. I'm hoping there's a little bit more to it. I've seen that it comes with like miniatures and stuff like that, which looks really really cool. Um, there is uh, like there is there is actually like a miniature potentially that you get of the actual hook too, which you actually get to physically take the miniatures and hang them on, which looks pretty oh, awesome. It, okay, I that mm-hmm. I love that. I just I love yeah. when board games have little like bells and whistles that make you just like yeah. want to get into it more. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the only my only worry on this end is that um, I don't think you'll probably get any of the licensed characters in here, though. Oh, they'll probably be all the original characters, right? Like, I, there's there's nothing to confirm it, but I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that the the licenses for like your your movie characters, like Freddy and um, uh, Leatherface and, and stuff like that, is is probably not gonna make it to the board game. I'll be surprised if they do. But right. that'll that'll be a, a lot of fun to see. I really just want to get it just so I have the little hook so I can put people on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. They did well with their marketing then. Right. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I think it could like potentially introduce a brand new audience to Dead by Daylight. Right. I yeah. just think it's fun when they do board games off of video games. Oh, definitely. Like the Fallout game. My dad loves Fallout and the Fallout board game. He tried to get me to play with them. Mm. And it was a bit convoluted, I will say. Oh, <laughs> it was really complicated. Knows? this one seems a bit more approachable yeah to the majority of people yeah i can't because i know you're into horror stuff holly but have you played dead by daylight a lot yeah i um excuse me i played dead by daylight a lot off stream with other usually with like friends in a swift okay um but i like dead by daylight i played it for two one and a half years two years Mm. maybe okay i really want to get back back into that game they've added so many cool characters now with like we talked about on the last podcast sadoko came out I just want to jump back in, but I can never find like a good time to jump in or a group of, mm-hmm. of friends to play it with. So maybe I'll do it eventually. But the last time I played it, I just went too hard on it. I tried to do all the the battle pass-esque stuff. And right. the problem that I kept run, running into was like the people in the game with me um, 
the randoms that I would play with, they didn't know what I was doing in the battle pass. So they, <laughs> if I was trying to do a specific goal and they screwed it up, I'd be so mad. I would I would get so salty about it that I would just quit out completely. So that's oh, yeah. the uh, that's the issue I had. If I go back in, I probably just ignore all of the uh, the battle pass stuff and just just um, play it for the sake of it. Yeah. 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 It really is a much more enjoyable experience if you're playing with a group of people. Because if you're solo queuing as a survivor and you're going out with other survivors, to your point, how like if they don't know what challenge you're working on, mm-hmm. but also like just on different skill levels. Like when I was solo queuing, especially when I first started playing, I mean, it's skill based matchmaking. So when I first started playing survivor, not only did I not know what I was doing, but none of the other survivors knew what we were doing. So we would all just be like on the outskirts of the map, like urban evasioning our way mm-hmm. <laughs> to the game. I remember when I first started playing, I would go in and like immediately look for the hatch, which is how you can escape when you're the last survivor on the game, not mm-hmm. knowing that the hatch doesn't spawn until there's yeah. only one generator. So the whole time I would just walk around trying to find the hatch. <laughs> you got to get I'm on those jennies. You got to do your job. Get on the gens. Come on. Oh, the jennies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you all play, do you all play board games in general? Speaking of actual board games, I you know I love board games. Uh, mm. It's one of those things where like I anytime I want to get back into them, I just things you know a whole pandemic happened. Yeah, <laughs> so could, meeting Definitely. up in person for those didn't really help. But I there there are just so much more. There's something more interactive about them almost. Like there's a, it's it feels so fresh compared to like i love don't get me wrong i've been gaming for as long as i can remember but like there's something about getting up like a group of friends together for a board game that's just has so much more of like a like a party feel and just like you're just mm. having fun um kicking back with your friends mm, mm, definitely like i i love i love a good board game the problem is i never have anybody to play them with it's like i I have nobody who lives close to me and the pandemic has made it pretty much impossible uh, i actually went to a board game cafe not long ago um one of the re- yeah it was a lot of fun i got sick completely like i got sick afterwards it wasn't oh, no. you know it wasn't covid fun thankfully <sighs> good, good, but um yeah which is so annoying because like I, I get sick easy because i'm actually immunocompromised um but the fact that it's like oh, i'm having so much fun I instantly got sick afterwards, like, oh, okay. oh, no. Okay. But I would love to play more board games with people. It's just getting people together is just impossible at this time. It is. Um, mm. Have either of you played, um, I feel like this one's pretty some pretty popular, but Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I've not. No. What is that? Oh, yeah. I already like the sound of it. It's essentially you, like, the map continuously, like, builds. Like, you can, like, you, like, explore, and then, like, you... Um, when you like open a door, like it like turns into different rooms and you're basically like in this haunted house sort of setting. And uh, uh, eventually during these like spooky things can happen, you all pick between like uh, different cast of characters. And then eventually like so under certain conditions that there, there could be a haunt that starts. And that's like when the game like really starts. And like, this there sounds are... like phasmophobia, the board game. <laughs> oh, it's so it like, it goes across so many genres of horror though. Like there are like ghosts, there are like vampires, there are aliens, like yeah. you, like they're the different kind of hunts that can happen. Like, and then basically like whoever triggers the hunt becomes the villain. So like it, then sometimes it basically becomes okay. like everyone else against that person. But like, it, yeah, it almost in like a, almost kind of in like a dead by daylight sense, but like so many different things could happen to the point where like every time you play the game, it can be a completely different game. 
that's awesome so i totally want to play that, that. yeah, yeah. i usually play, go for the the classics like um a settlers of Catan. i don't know if you've ever played that but that's like all i've heard is it just it makes friends uh no longer friends yeah it's awesome i love it maybe that's why i have nobody to play board <laughs> games with anymore oh that's yeah, wow I, just, I used to play settlers mm. of Catan with so many people and now i don't know where they all went yeah they all went away <laughs> can't imagine why can't imagine why Catan's great though it's like uh, it's one of the mainstays of um of, of like board games in general but I, I definitely want to play that a bunch more and uh tabletop sim mm-hmm. uh, somebody mentioned in chat too is is absolutely fantastic if you want to get into board games but you know we're all separate right now but um yeah i've been playing uh binding of isaac four souls too which is like a board game version of binding of isaac it's super super complicated uh well it's not complicated it's just really hard to wrap your head around at first yeah but there's a lot going on there in terms of like it's a card game um but it's so much fun and i definitely want to play just just more of that with more people it's yeah. just getting people together to do it which is just such a problem like uh, just a massive pain in the butt holly do you have any favorites I don't play a lot of board games. I definitely haven't played in a few years due to the pandemic. I honestly mm-hmm. think the last time I, the last game that I played a board game was Monopoly. <laughs> you know, oh, just, that's a, just like, I, you know, the thing is like, it's funny when people suggest Monopoly, I'm always just like, okay, like, sure. Like we can do mm-hmm. Monopoly. That's fine. And then once I get into it, I, I find myself being like, oh, <laughs> like I got, oh, I get sucked in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I become like an evil landlord. Like I take over the housing market. Mm-hmm. I crash the bubble. Yeah. Like, everyone's going to jail. Like I, <laughs> I become a person that I'm not proud of. Mm, you have to, to win. <laughs> you have to, to win. Yeah. Yeah. Win. It's, it's yeah. capitalism, the game, right? So you yeah. have to <laughs> pretty much you have to do it. Exactly. Um, I always find monopolies is, is just, I, I, I rarely, I play it so rarely that I, I lose every single time I play it. And like, I'm not, I'm not proud of that at all. Like, but I'd rather, I'd rather necessarily lose in that game and be like, yes, I'm just going to give my money to everybody else. That was my plan from the beginning. Yeah. Was, I just have to mm. harden myself to like any feelings while I'm playing it. Where mm-hmm. someone's just like trying to like barter with me to get like that one last property. I'm like, no, no, sorry. That, Sucks for you, I guess. <laughs> See, if you're losing a monopoly, you're just stimulating the economy. True. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it all goes around. You just got to give everything away in the end. And yeah. speaking of giveaways, we have uh, we have another story about a um, a custom a custom PC maker uh, who apparently doesn't know how to do giveaways correctly. Uh, artesian builds not artisan builds as some people have been saying but artesian but i don't even know the meaning of the word artesian i think it has something to do with plumbing or something i'm not sure um but artesian builds is a custom pc uh builder and um they've received a lot of flack recently this is the greatest tea by the way i absolutely love this story um i don't want to go out on the record and call them a bunch of dicks but Essentially, they've been a bunch of dicks. Um, yeah, so they have an amb- a stream for ambassadors. They have an ambassador program where it's essentially just an affiliate kind of dealio. You uh, generate revenue for their company by by sending people over, and you get a percentage. I think it's like a really small percentage back of those. Uh, I, don't even get a I was as not? someone who was formerly an ambassador. Uh, it was one percent. Uh, they one percent. They upped it to two. They upped it to two. 
Wow. Okay. I see. I see. So, uh, yeah, every month or so, um, they do a stream, which they give away a custom PC build to one of their ambassadors. And they thought it was a great idea uh, to look at the person who is going to win this this PC, uh, look at the size of their channel, look at their stats, and publicly roast them on stream and essentially say, you don't meet our requirements to win this giveaway. Which, at that point, that's not really how giveaways are supposed to work. <laughs> I mean, that's incredibly shitty behavior at first, like literally... Even if it wasn't like a, a, even if it wasn't a giveaway based thing, already like pulling up people's stats on stream and just saying like you're not good enough for something is awful behavior. And the um, the cockiness of the person in question, who I believe was the CEO of the company, when I heard that he's the CEO, I was mm-hmm. floored. It's shocking. I, I mean, I watched like the clips from that stream and Kia, who's the um, content creator who's received the most kind of attention from this, obviously brought a lot of it to light, but it went on. I think there was four, four or five content creators that he was shaming and all of them had different like reasons for why they weren't qualified to receive the winnings for the giveaway, whether, whether it was their CCV or their follower count or how long their streams are when the last time they were live, like there were all of these qualifications that came out of nowhere, just didn't meet his expectations. But what I think is just so interesting about it, I mean, Jeff, you mentioned that you were a former ambassador. I was scouted from them a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. When I was scouted, I was an affiliate with an average CCV of 30 maybe, and probably a thousand followers. So I just think it's so curious. I mean, I I assume for most of those people that are currently ambassadors, they were reached out to by members of the Artesian Builds team. So it's just curious that like their metrics, you know, their stats were good enough to represent their company as an ambassador. And then on the same hand, not good enough to receive the prize. It's literally like advertised for that specific group of people. Very shady stuff. I will say having been in jobs where, you know, social media giveaways um, like that happened, uh, I've definitely seen the mindset of, you know, some, you know, CEOs kind of being like, oh, we should just give the the winner, we should give somebody who's going to give us a lot of good promo, the, Mm. the winnings, which, you know, I get it. I get it. Like on some level, you want this, you want whatever you're doing as a company to like, kind of have a return on interest somehow. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where you you don't need to like be so public about it to the point where like, we are literally seeing right through you doing it. Like you are you are doing it in front of a camera. I understand where that comes from. I feel like it's a little bit of the same mindset of, you know, if I ever do a giveaway on stream, I want it to go. I mean, I feel like this is more understandable. I want it to go to an actual community member that's been there for a while and that is actually part of the community rather than just some random who who walks in. But that's not how giveaways work. You, like you roll the dice and it goes out to whoever gets it. That's the rules that you set. You got to stand by them, you know, unless you're doing like, a subscriber only giveaway or something like that. But. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the, that's not how this giveaway works. Yeah, that's they not how this giveaway it. worked. They could have yeah. changed the rules themselves, but they set the rules in advance. And uh, they, like chat has suggested, they they, show, they showed their whole asses uh, directly on stream just with how they treat their, um, their ambassadors, their partners. Like, is that the kind of company you want to get involved with? 
And it brought me so much pleasure. Listen, I'm not going to say I'm proud of this, but it's brought me so much pleasure just to see them getting clowned on like all all day that day afterwards by everybody on Twitter. Even after... Yeah, even after they came out with their apologies, you know, they apologized twice. And it was the most insincere BS that I think I've ever heard. It almost felt like the CEO was being dragged kicking and screaming into a, into the situation where he had to apologize. Yeah. They apologized three times. Three times. Three times. And they've actually deleted all of the apologies from Twitter. Have they? Have they now? And I think the recent, the most recent tweet from when I saw this morning was, um, in quotation marks, something to the effect of the employees are looking at like a, a private buyout from the CEO or something like that. I mean, it's just, I don't know if there's going to be a way for them to recover. It's just at the end of the day, like it was the CEO and the founder of that company came forward and said, like, my values don't reflect the values of this company. But if you're the founder, they kind of have to, you can't have certain values and then say, these are my values, but the company that I'm founding is, has a separate set of values that are completely different. Right. It doesn't really work that way. It's It's weird that because like, they're the one that will be benefiting from that at yeah. the end of the day is like do you really want to you know right put money in the pocket of somebody who whose values don't necessarily align with yours you know yeah and i have to i have to assume that like not everyone because i don't know how many employees are at this company so i have to assume that you know i would hope that at at the very minimum most of them do not agree with what he did and when they saw that were like excuse me and i'm sure that's hard as somebody you know who's just just an employee at the place if they because if they try to push back on something like that and he doesn't like it what's going to happen to them they're probably out of a job so i would hope that someone in i i I guess so like when you brought up that you know the tweet saying that they're looking into a buyout like i'm i'm hoping that goes well and i'm hoping you know because at this point if my personal thoughts are if the ceo is smart enough um and doesn't want to be selfish to the point where this company goes under, he will accept whatever terms there are because like, or else, yeah, no, you're pretty much, you're dooming a lot of these people to not having a job. The The most annoying thing about the situation is that, yeah, the people that work there are going to be the ones that suffer if it does go under, right? And that the person who is in charge can likely just move on and start something else you know if they if they do get a deal and they're bored out of it and they 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 get a bunch of money they can just literally just move on and and go start something else not put their name forward and continue to you know reap the benefits um and being involved in the community in a different capacity it's like people just don't like that kind of behavior uh, you know, the kind of the kind of attitude that this person had is the same I'd guess the same thing as like the kind of people that like become friends with a, a creator like as a creator and become friends with the creator to use them mm-hmm. for their platform and then once they've you know gotten through them and gotten bigger they, they move on to the next person they can leech off mm-hmm. of in order to continually grow i i i know the reason that everybody like pushed back against that so hard is that like we're all sick of seeing stuff like that it's like we don't like people like that within our community especially like a lot of us are gamers as well and and we get quite passionate about like defending our spaces from people that are trying to take advantage of them yeah again good news at the end of this story though this this has a positive ending though because the uh the 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 streamer well one of the streamers in question uh kia pia who i believe was the first person who was picked out for the giveaway um if i'm 
I might be mistaken about that. But uh, so. they were they were then offered a fully paid sponsorship with Cooler Master, which so is super cool. super cool. Yeah, um, we actually have. Uh, I think we have the moment that they found out. If I can pull that up real quick, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's really cute. Seen... Mm. Well, she's like, taken off too, which is so cool. Yeah, it's nice yeah, to see a whole community rally really behind her. It was, she's got twenty thousand yeah. followers on Twitch now. <laughs> it's so That's cool to amazing. see. There's no audio. Okay, so essentially, we can reenact um, it. She's excited. Yeah, yeah, she's excited. <laughs> she's listening to the announcements. They're not even going to look at concurrence. <laughs> She's just extremely happy that they've just offered her their sponsorship. For audio listeners who are who are listening to this and can't see anything, <laughs> this is the the best experience for you right now. I tell yeah, you what, it's like it's pure elation. It's like it's mm-hmm. so you know cool. how when you get like the best news in the world and you just like don't know what to do with your hands, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, part of me is like, I mean, it was an awful thing to. It was horror. I think everyone could everyone could agree that it was an appalling thing which Mm. was nice everyone was united in the fact like this is unacceptable part of me is kind of glad that it happened in that way because if he was brave enough to have those types of conversations on a live stream knowing that his ambassadors were the audience that were watching and knowing full well the person that he was bashing was probably watching it live yeah imagine the types of conversations that are happening behind closed doors you know that could have very well happened off stream so Mm. i'm glad that at least it was exposed and people could see the company for what it was and could make decisions oh, to definitely. continue to support them or to not based on their values. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it benefited the, you know, Kia specifically, but the other content creators, I think also received a lot of support. So, yeah, I'm glad that the, uh, that, 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 that kind of turned out to be like a, a positive at the end of this. I mean, the, the only people that are really going to miss out is the, the, the people it potentially work for artesian builds uh, other than the ceo so that's that's kind of sad but you know <sighs> hopefully they can find better places to go to yeah that's, that's the only thing i can say i there. will i will say the um the i there was somebody i would contact kind of for my own you know pc build related things or company related things when i was a partner with them and i can i'm it's it's one of those things where you're like, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? But um, it seems like, you know, at least he definitely has like quite a passion for like getting the image of this company turned around and making sure they can move forward to do good things. Because mm-hmm. I'll say like I my though, like the terms of being an ambassador with them, like I was like, it was one of those like, it's nice that I can work with a PC building company. So it was I thought it would be a good opportunity to do. But, you know, the streams were fun to watch, you know, the people who would come by from, you know, the company were nice people when they would come and check in on my streams and see what was going on. But um, it's just really unfortunate that the person who founded the company had those kinds of views and felt okay to do it live. Just uh, just for the audio listeners, a uh, a cat has just made an appearance on yes. uh, a guest webcam. Smokey it's said, so "You are not going to guest host a podcast without me being present." Mm. So, hello. Mm. Actually, I was tempted to. I've got two dogs and a cat. It's a very busy household here, <gasps> and they're very involved. I was like, "I'll keep them in the other rooms because they'll probably be loud. They get excited or anytime I like start talking, they get all hyped up. But yeah. if they were in here, they would be." right here <laughs> smoky doesn't get too loud or disruptive he just likes to like just be with me so i don't yes. i don't keep him out of the room too often because i know if i were to keep him out of the room that's when you would hear the screaming <laughs> totally 
We're interrupting this podcast to tell you that the pages of Gaming Magazine are coming to life this July in New York City. Join 6,000 of your fellow gamers at this unique convention that celebrates all things queer geekery. From streamers, indie games, AAAs, cosplay, and drag icons. There's something for everyone. So head on over to www.gaming.live to find out more and grab your tickets. Back to the podcast. It is, it is time. It is time, Holly, for uh, your spotlights. We're going to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I believe, Jeff, you have the, uh, the first question. So I, I know what I love about a Holly stream, but what do you feel uh, <laughs> brings people to your channel? I, well, first of all, I mean, I, I am a variety streamer. I play a lot of horror content, but I, since I started streaming, have always played a variety of games, horror or Animal Crossing, GeoGuessr, Planet Zoo. It really changes like day to day. And I think mm -hmm. that the community that we've built here has found a lot of joy and like the kind of cozy chaos of the channel. Like no matter what we're playing, I feel like the vibes for lack of a better term are always very silly. I'm very kind of unapologetically myself. And it's been nice. I mean, to be honest, streaming has been really the first time where I feel like I've ever been able to just openly be like silly and goofy and have people rally behind it in such a way. Like I've never really had that um, in this capacity, like in my life outside of mm. streaming. So it's been really fulfilling for me. And I think that the community that is there like picks up on that and they can tell that I am just being genuine and um, I'm not afraid to do something silly. I mean, from the first two months of streaming, there was a meme going around of Hannah Montana. I don't know if y'all remember this, but there was a meme that came out about Hannah Montana coming back to life. Like she was going to reinvigorate the Hannah Montana career. And there was like a name generator thing that you could do online, like the Rockstar card, where you would plug in your first name and it would generate for you like a Hannah Montana equivalent name. So when that came out, I did it and it was Holly Idaho. And so yeah. from there, I was like, we're going to do a Holly Idaho stream. I loved Hannah Montana as a kid. I loved the Jonas Brothers. So I thought it would be fun. I was like, I'll buy a blonde wig and like, I'll just do kind of like a cosplay of like my parody of what Hannah Montana would be if it was myself. You, and you when I first just that, answered one of my questions as well. I was completely going to ask you about uh, Holly, Holly Idaho. Um, oh, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> ahead of the game. Um, what, what, so what, what came with the love of corn horses and hot tubs? Like, what, what, right. like how, how did Holly happen? How did you, you put this character together in your mind? Obviously, uh, like an offshoot of, of Hannah Montana. But how did, the, uh, how did you choose these specific uh, these things that, that brought the character together? They've all kind of evolved naturally. Like none of it was planned. Holly Idaho is never like a fully formulated character. It's all improv and it all like picks up from things that kind of stick, like inside jokes that stick within the community. The corn thing was actually because myself, Holly, outside of stream, one night I was really tired and I was watching, um, was watching Twitch and I wanted pizza really bad. So I don't know if y'all have this over there in the UK, but there's a pizza shop called Mod Pizza where you can like customize your own type of pizza. Well, I and I did it do, at like but... nine. Yeah, it's like a build your own type of pizza. I did it at like 9 p.m. and like put up a bunch of ingredients that I wanted on this pizza, right? And I thought that I had like vegetables and um, like roasted garlic and like all of this yummy stuff. And I get the pizza, it arrives to my home at like 9.30 p.m. and I open the box 
in the pizza, the first thing that I notice, corn. <laughs> corn. And I was like in a state of shock. And I looked at it and then I looked at the receipt on the outside of the box. And instead of roasted garlic, I accidentally clicked roasted corn. <laughs> corn. And so I shared that and it just kind of like stuck. Like corn was just kind of like a theme that stuck. So I kind of like wove it into my next stream is Holly, Idaho, which actually tied into the hot tub thing because this was around the time frame where like, do you remember the hot tub meta that was yep. happening on Twitch? Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about the hot tub. So I thought it would be silly to do like a hot tub stream. Mm. So I put myself in like a green screen PNG hot tub, just like a picture of a hot tub, fully dressed, just like wearing a t-shirt. And I put myself in a cornfield because Holly Idaho is from Idaho and the corn is just like where the character is from. Mm-hmm. And I streamed in the pools, hot tubs and beaches category, like in a just chatting capacity. Mm-hmm. And this was when I had probably 10 to 15 people watching at any given time, but there were people who obviously enjoyed it. And Granny, who's a content creator that I love. Granny was one of the first content creators that I ever found on Twitch. Granny's great. Yeah. I so funny. loved her. I mean, I still love Granny. I have been a subscriber since like the first month that I joined Twitch. Granny was streaming and was browsing the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category because it was like such a pressing topic. And while she was browsing, found like the still image of my channel that was just a picture of a potato with my eyes on it. Like I had my eyes in my mouth. As I've like seen this. Yeah. Yes, it looks right. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she found that and I had no idea she was watching. So she like broadcasted my channel to her stream of like, however many people were watching 1500 or something to me, just like singing as a potato in a hot tub in a cornfield. And then as a blonde wig. So we had this like spontaneous kind of like 15 minute, collab of like granny was being in my chat and like I was just kind of like improving with her in that moment and that was one of the turning points of my career on Twitch like a lot of my audience that's still here today found me from that stream like a year ago um so it's just from there kind of evolved I mean anytime I do a Holly Idaho stream from now it's usually like centered around something that's happening like I did um happy holidays so I did like a a Christmas one, and then I did a um, Halloween. I did like a Halloween. holiday Halloween one. Yep, <laughs> lots of puns. And then I just did one recently um, that tied into the the social posts for the gaming awards because the the photo that was chosen from Twitch is me as Holly Idaho, which I thought was so funny. It's actually from the same stream of me as in a hot tub um, mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of tied in, but it's just something fun. It's something that people really enjoy, and I I have fun doing it. Heck yeah. Um, like, would you say that that's your favorite type of content to, to create on, on Twitch? What actually, what is your favorite type of content to create? Would it be video games? Would it be collabing with other creators? Your, your Holly, Holly Idaho streams? What, what would you say is your most favorite thing? I think I'm probably gaming to be honest. And like, like I said earlier, I don't really consider myself a competitive gamer, but I love games. Like I Mm -hmm. love exploring games. I I especially love a game where I have the ability to like find the nuances. Like I love anything that I can make silly or even in a horror game. Like if I'm walking around and I can interact with random objects in there, I'll be like digging through the fridge. Mm -hmm. I'll be like pulling out the milk carton and putting it in the bed and seeing what happens. I just love exploring Um, and I think I'm very interactive with the chat. Like I like to involve my community in whatever I'm playing. So it's always fun where there's someone in there, like just enjoying the experience with me. I love enjoying the experience of video games with other people. 
And I don't really play video games off stream. Like I do it mm. almost exclusively on stream because for me, a lot of the fulfillment comes from getting to experience it with other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love chatting. Like I usually open up stream in like the first 45 minutes is checking in how everybody's week's been and um, kind of going through like the breakdown of what's happening in the week. I love that. And Holly, Idaho is something that I reserve just for special occasions and I do find it fun. I've never done any sort of like improv before. So it's fun for me to kind of develop mm. that skill set, something I never knew I was even capable of doing. Right. Kind of I mean, talk about like having just you utilizing like a moment of just like being in the spotlight and being like, I'm going to like make good use of this. And you did. That's that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Have fun. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess I hear that you're the scream queen of Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that whenever I scream, I scream exclusively in the key of C6, C6. which I think is okay. really, yeah, C6, which is a just fun fact. So I was uh, actually going through through clips for for the uh, oh no, just just, <laughs> just looking into to different stuff and like the, even the TikTok right and like there are so many moments where you'll just scream, which I was not expecting. And every single time, <laughs> it sounds like it's a clip taken from a movie and just played over the 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 stream. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. It's just. But I did have to take my earphones off to uh, go through the rest of them. Yes. Ooh. There is like an inherent headphone warning mm-hmm. if you're in my stream. I mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, One of the reasons I love horror is because I'm very reactive. Mm. I feel like I have a lot of, I don't know, I'm very immersed in whatever I'm doing. So whenever there's a jump scare, like 10 times out of 10, I'm horrified. Like it's the most impactful experience. I feel like whenever um, the developers of horror games are making jump scares, I feel like I'm their ideal audience. Mm. They're hoping oh, yeah. for the reaction that I will give them. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's that's it. That's the one. <laughs> that's the scream. Yeah, but um, but it's always been that way. I mean, like the first horror game that I played on stream, which is actually the first game that I played through on stream, which was Alien Isolation. I played through that game on Deer's Recommendation, and it was horrifying. Yep. It was so scary. I was screaming like the whole time. And again, this was when I was like just starting out as a streamer. And so the reactions of they've always they've always mm. been a part of the channel that, that is one of the games like i've refused to play um it's scary. Just, yeah <laughs> it sounds it actually what is the most scary game that you've you've played do you think in terms of like terror and like mm. anxiety to continue probably outlast <gasps> yeah. i had to play outlast in like a series of three sessions that spanned over like four months like i started mm. it and i played three hours in and i was like i'm gonna uninstall this mm-hmm. and then i had to come back to it um, I think the thing with games, the thing with games like that is like just that I can't stand is the lack of of any sort of control. Like I love stuff like Resident Evil, even though it's a different kind of horror. It's more like horror action. But the, the thing that I can't stand in like games like Alien Isolation and, and Outlast and the like is just it's you, you just have zero control whatsoever. You're just there in the element, and like even if something attacks you, you cannot fight back whatsoever. You have to get the hell out of there or, or you're, you're, you're dead. You're dead. And I don't know. My heart just can't take it. It's just too scary to me. I can't do it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've been told that I might have an addiction to anxiety, which I think is very true. <laughs> you know, I definitely get scared. I mean, I'm very anxious playing the games, but something about it's very, I don't know. It's kind of like, you don't have control in what's going to happen to you in the game, but it, it is a game. So I'm kind of like reinvesting all of my emotions and completely immersing myself into mm-hmm. this brief period of time. Mm-hmm. 
for me, it's really fun. Um, even though it might not be fun traditionally in the moment, I continue to do it because I find enjoyment in it. Like I wouldn't do it if I was miserable. Right. But the scariest um, types of like horror games that I personally just get so scared by or anything that you're being chased Mm. or like where there's like something you have to evade, like alien isolation, you'll find that outlast. You absolutely find that. Um, I just find it so thrilling, Mm -hmm. but Mm. it's really rewarding when you can beat it. Yeah, for sure. Like, is, is the immersive part of it, like, the part you enjoy the most? Because I, I feel like I've noticed that, especially, like, queer folk have, like, just, we're drawn to horror for some reason. Like, even if we're, like, super mm-hmm. afraid of it, like, we still want to watch it. We still want to consume, like, some sort of horror content in some way. So, like, yeah. I know the immersion is definitely part of it. I don't, I don't really know. I agree. So many queer folks are so drawn to horror as like a category, whether it's games or movies. The amount of LGBTQIA plus created I've seen playing Dead by Daylight, just, just every single, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know what I think. I mean, I don't know. I won't speak for everybody. For me, it's, I think like part of it is just being able to reinvest. Like I'm a very anxious person. Traditionally, I have a lot of anxieties about the state of the world and like, my job, you know, there's things that I'm sure a lot of people experience, but to be able to kind of redirect those emotions into something that's temporary and it has a bracket of time. Like mm. I am playing this for a very specific brief window of time and I'm going to invest my energy into this in this moment. It's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of cathartic in a way, okay. which sounds mm-hmm. weird. Like when you're being murdered in a video game, it's weird to say that's cathartic. Well, I guess in a sense, <laughs> like... I can almost see that, like, it's like the anxiety is only temporary. It won't last forever. Right. Yeah. I like that. And then when it's over, it's like, a, you know, it's like, oh, you, over, you overcame that. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. were really scared about the whole thing and you got through it. And that's one of the reasons why I like doing it on stream. I would never play a horror game off stream, specifically one that I've never played before. Mm. Um, I would never do it. I'd be so scared. But to have the support mm. of people that you know there and, you know. Whenever I get really scared, I can tell that people pick up on it because like my mods will be like, it's okay, Holly, take a breath. (laughs) It's nice to have people kind of there with you. It does work so much better as a social experience. Like I can't imagine just sitting alone in the room playing, playing a horror like, well, even watching a horror movie. Like I don't think I'd sit alone in the room watching a horror movie. I feel like I I want people there to be scared with me, you know, like, yeah, yeah, a shared fear. Share that. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 (laughs) Definitely. Um, so you said you didn't uh, normally do games off stream. So like, what is, what, what can, what we, what is like something that you do for fun when you're not streaming then? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, I've got, as I mentioned, I've got two dogs, in a cat, but the dogs take up a lot of my time. So mm-hmm. I also have a day job. I work like a nine to five Monday through Friday. Mm. So, I mean, at this point, I, I honestly live a pretty like, routines lifestyle I work and then I do stuff for stream off stream and then I stream and then I do stuff with my dogs like we go to the park and stuff like that but I have always been the type of person that will invest like a hundred percent of my energy into what whatever it is that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. um I'm incredibly passionate about streaming so when I'm not streaming I'm spending a lot of time like researching what to do next or like playing games with friends outside of stream um, working on content for other platforms. I spend a lot of my time and energy on this because it's what brings me the most joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes absolute perfect sense. Uh, when you, sometimes when you start streaming, like it's like, well, what is a social life now? It's like anything that I do in my spare time is literally, how does this feed back into 
streaming. It's like I don't I don't feel like I do anything anymore unless it's like directly related to to streaming. I think that's probably mostly because of the pandemic, though. I'm sure that you would have a lot more options if uh, if there was, you know, that whole situation hadn't been going on. Right. Yeah, I was going to say the streaming for me, I mean, I found during the pandemic, prior mm-hmm. to the pandemic, I had never heard of Twitch. Mm-hmm. Completely. Right. Okay. And I started streaming in um, December of 2020, I'm going to say, 2021, mm-hmm. sorry, December 2021. And um, wait, what is math? What? <laughs> what is math? What, are, what year are we in? I started like a year and a half ago. So whatever December that was a year and a half ago, that's okay, 2020 then. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. 2020. But I found Twitch just a few months before and it was at a time in my life. I mean, everyone was going through it, right? It was like the pandemic. I personally had a lot going on. I had been living in Nashville for three years and moved back home to Seattle in March, which wow. is like the start of the pandemic. Cause I thought the world was going to collapse. <laughs> It's like, I'll go be with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my job that I had for eight years. And at the time, my job was like what I was, that was what I was passionate about. I was passionate about building my career. So that's where all of my energy went into. I spent all of my time working. I was a retail manager. So my hours were wild. Um, like thinking about working, going into work, how to build my career is all I did. So when that wasn't an option for me anymore, and I didn't have that to like fall back on, I kind of had to rethink about what I was going to find value in. And at that time is when I was discovering Twitch. I found Twitch through um, something that brought me joy off stream a lot, which was drag. I I love drag. Mm -hmm. I'm always related to it. Um, and Trixie Mattel at the time was doing like Twitch Tuesdays where she would go and broadcast on Twitch. And I looked forward to it every single week. Um, so that's how I found Twitch. And then I found drag artists through Twitch. I found Deer and Evo and Evo Queen. And I just like fell in love with the platform through connecting mm-hmm. to other queer people, which I think is a really unique experience. I don't know if like queer people in general would seek out Twitch to be like the platform that they would connect with to mm-hmm. people that are like-minded. I, I think, so I yeah, really I you're absolutely right. It's it's a fantastic place to actually to get connected with other LGBTQIA plus people. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like how isolated uh, I was before when I started transition, like Twitch was really the thing that got me involved in the LGBTQIA plus community. So I can see that being like, so useful and like you you seem to have had such a uh, a massive effect on on the people around you as well they they love you so much um i've noticed and uh i did want to say a quick congratulations as well on your recent nomination uh how does it feel to be nominated to be a rising star in the gaming awards I was truly shocked. Like, I'm sure that's the reaction that you'll hear, but I was truly shocked. I received, I got the Twitch marketing email that everybody got that was like, we're teaming up with the gaming awards to bring you this year's awards. So I just got that in my email and I clicked the link and I brought it to the article and my name was on that article. And I was shocked. I like sat here staring at my computer and then like my friends were messaging me like, did you see that you're nominated for this? And it didn't, the gravity of the situation definitely didn't. Mm-hmm like kick in that day. I mean, it had to take some time, but I, it, it felt um, I've, very validating, incredibly validating. I mean, I am not seen, I would say the majority of people that know me outside of Twitch wouldn't like, they don't know a lot about my, how I identify. Not that I'm not out, but they wouldn't, I, 
I don't know, it was cool to be recognized as like an LGBTQ rising star. It's very validating for me and my identity. I just came out as bisexual two, two and a half, three years ago mm. um, to some of my family. I just came out six months ago. Wow. So it's nice to be recognized yeah. as a rising star within this community. It's felt very accepting. And um, I, I love this community. I love the queer community on Twitch. It's um, where I feel the most at home. So I'm just, I'm very grateful yeah. to be recognized. That goes back to what I mentioned. Like it's because of the impact that you've had on the community since you started streaming that you, that you were nominated. So that is something to be so proud of. Yeah. Thank you. We love you right back. Thanks. Yeah. I've, um, and like, I, I look up to queer streamers, you know what I mean? So it's been like very full circle moment to have people come to me now and say, I look up to you. Like that's been something mm. that I never never expected and certainly never set out to do. Like I didn't start streaming with any intention of growing my channel to what it is now. I had no idea this was going to be possible for me mm. <laughs> a year and a half. And I didn't anticipate that people would be looking up to me at all, but it's cool to, I mean, I've had people who are members of the community say like, it's nice to see, you know, representation of bisexual women in gaming. I've kind of branded myself as like, mm. hi, it's me, Holly. I'm a bisexual woman in gaming. Um, Cause I'm proud of it. And so it's, it is, it's really um, special to me that people relate and mm -hmm. feel yeah. comfortable in my space. Speaking of other fantastic streamers, I believe we also had a question from uh, Deer, right? Oh, I'm look at, looking at my notes here. Uh, it's a very, it's a very good one. I feel like you might have, um, I feel like from what we've heard, you'll probably have some good responses to this. Um, oh, so it seems uh, Deer wants to know, why is it important to be a, a wig in gaming spaces? Mm, well, it might help for me to define wig. <laughs> wig is an acronym since for women in gaming. Um, that's so silly. Very, very silly. It is, it's really nice. I mean, honestly, we all know that Twitch, people's perception of Twitch, I think in general, is a very heteronormative space mm -hmm. in general. It's very dominated by male presenting individuals the top streamers that you see are almost exclusively men white men you know heterosexual cis white men so yeah. for me it's important to continue to bring attention to other identities on this platform i mean for me i'm a woman i'm a bisexual woman so i find a lot of pride in saying like this is who i am and this is what we've been able to achieve and I do it because for me, it's very re rewarding and fulfilling to see that we have achieved what we've been able to achieve without aligning with the identities that most do or would find like acceptable on a gaming platform. Um, so, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think it's really special. I'm very proud of it. As you, as you should be. I mean, you're, you're making strides and waves and I, I, I'm sure that there are plenty of, you know, women or femme presenting people who like watch your channel and be like, you know, like, it's cool that she's doing that. I want that to be me someday or, and mm -hmm. I'm sure you have inspired people to start streaming too. It's so wild to think about. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I imagine there, there are probably like so many people who will look up to you and get into streaming for that very reason. Um, actually, funnily enough, I have a question from Evo. Uh, as oh. well uh yeah where did your obsession with horses come from and how did you become <laughs> the horse girl of twitch i cannot am i the this. horse girl of twitch uh, oh, no. according to evo yeah well 
I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. So before I, um, before I started streaming, when I was like in high school, actually, I, I will admit I am a former horse girl. I love horses. I loved horses when I was growing up and I, in high school was volunteering at a, at a horse rehabilitation facility and like actually adopted a horse and spent a lot of time working in rehabilitation. And I, um, went to college. Actually, my major in college was equine science. I was on track to be an equine veterinarian. Wow. So things have really awesome. changed paths and directions. <laughs> but I have a history with horses. And so, I don't know, I, I think it kind of tied in. I brought it out a little bit with Holly Idaho, who obviously has like a very thick Southern draw and lives on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I mean, I don't have a lot of content revolving horses. So sorry to disappoint. I know it's very exciting for everybody, but I, um, I did recently, I will say I did recently purchase a game on the switch on Nintendo that, um, is it, I believe it's called my riding stables. I did spend $60 that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing yeah. by the way. Yeah. It was like, um, if y'all remember like the, the Barbie horse, Girl games it's oh, very that wow. energy mm-hmm. i wouldn't say it was worth a 60 dollar price tag but it is fun so that's the kind of horse scroll content that you can expect on the channel and can you really put a price on fun it's true no you can't i guess i would spend 60 dollars for fun i mean somebody has to play those games so uh yeah it needs some some stream representation definitely target audience exactly yeah, i was sold Mm-hmm. absolutely sold mm-hmm. i love that for you i i have to assume that people have either thought about streaming uh, because of seeing you or you know i've already started after watching you so if there was anyone else out there in the lgbtqia community who would be thinking about streaming or you know planning on it right now like what's some advice you would give them on just creating content overall yeah that's a great question i mean i'm honest when I think back to right before I started streaming, right before like the week of that, I decided I was going to go live for the first time. I was so anxious to even just hit go live. Mm. I had never been involved in content creation to any extent. I mean, like I had an Instagram, I didn't even really have a Twitter. Like all of it was new to me completely. I know nothing about PCs. I know nothing about technology. I had to learn everything from the ground up. So to even just hit go live, I understand is um, probably a stopping point for a lot of people, like the anxiety of like, what kind of content am I going to create? How am I going to grow my channel into this number? Um, it's important to have goals and to have aspirations and ambitions. My advice would be to pick very small goals to start with, like not have a goal of, I want to be a Twitch partner. Cause like, that was not my goal. When I first started streaming, I didn't even really have a goal to get to affiliate. It was like one day at a time, like today I want to have a good time. I'm going to try to do this. Um, I would say it's really important for people to just try new things. And obviously if there's a game that you're super passionate about, play that game. But if you find yourself playing that specific game and you don't find enjoyment in it, try a new game. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think for me, like being able to build the channel and the community that we have through creating a variety of content has been able to cultivate an audience that enjoys watching me experience games instead of me experiencing a game or even more than that, the audience experiencing a specific game. Like it's kind of brought in people who want to get to know me better and get to know what I stand for and what I enjoy, um, which I think is healthy in the long run because you'll be able to 
get to experience new things, you know, get to experience different types of content and different types of games. So I guess long story short, don't be afraid to like try new things. Don't be afraid to look silly and um, have small goals, bite-sized goals that you can feel good about achieving along the way to like work up to whatever your greater ambitions are. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned like goals for people um, and you set yourself personal goals, I imagine. Are there any like plans for the future, like goals that you still have set for yourself that you want to go out there and achieve or anything that you want to do, whether it be like local conventions, getting out there to like TwitchCon or, or what, what, what is in, what does the future hold for you? What, what do you, what do you have planned? Yeah, I feel like this, the start of this year, so many things have happened. I did set out this year to see if I could achieve Twitch partnership and that mm. happened in February. Congratulations, <laughs> so like, by the way. Yeah, I saw it. Thank yeah. you. I'm kind that's of awesome. like reinventing what I want to accomplish next. I mean, something that's coming up that I'm really excited about with the awards is I am planning on going to London to um, the Gaming Live Award show, which I'm really excited about. I've never been to London. That's amazing. So assuming everything's well in the world and traveling is an option for me and it's safe, I am planning to go there and to be at the awards ceremony live. I would love to be involved with Twitch for marketing activations in the future, specifically with Pride. would love to be a future content mm. creator for Pride. Um, but, you know, I think just overall continuing to, to grow the community is something that I am looking forward to doing. But small bite-sized goals. This week, I want to have fun and create content that other people enjoy. Definitely. Definitely. That's, that's awesome. Awesome goals. We always finish with quick fire questions. And this is a very, very fun experience for everybody who comes on. It's te definitely not terrifying at all when you're in the hot seat. Uh, so <laughs> the way this is going to go, we're going to fire off some questions and you're just going to say the first thing that comes, well, not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind, but you got to answer quickly. Okay. Okay. All so, right. Uh, yeah, Jeff's going to start this yeah, off first. first. First thing that comes to mind, what's been your favorite game this year? Martha is dead. Okay. Oh. Makes me need to play it even more. What was the yeah. one game that defined your childhood? Uh, Zoo Tycoon. Ooh, okay. okay, okay. Favorite video game character? Oh, um, favorite video game character. I will, I will say Nia in Dead by Daylight only because I think she's hot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what game do you most want a sequel to? Alien Isolation. Ooh. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, who would be your dream stream guest? Granny. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Very good choice. Uh, what game are you most looking forward to coming out this year? That would require me to have um, a running note. <laughs> Games are coming. That is true. Year. Yeah. Um, I'll say what game, what game I am most looking forward to playing in the near future. Maybe if I can rephrase slightly, I am. Um, I'll I'll be playing the new Jurassic World Two Evolution, which seems really Ooh. silly, but it's a lot of fun. The first no. one's a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Not silly oh, at yeah. all. Uh, okay, picture it. You're marooned mm -hmm. on an island. What mm -hmm. three games would you want to have with you? Animal Crossing mm. because both islands true <laughs> so I can learn what to do through the game instant success makes sense makes sense um 
I'll say dead by daylight because I want to play with my friends. I'm alone on an Island. Oh no, mm-hmm. I need communication. Mm-hmm. I need friendship now more than ever. I need their support dead by daylight. And, um, I will say third geo guesser, because you know what? It could help me understand where I am in the world. True. And I think that's so important. Wow. Those are smart. Yeah. That, that yeah. is some good, good answers. Uh, okay. La- uh, well, second, but last, which game has the best soundtrack? Ooh, that's a great question. Okay, I'll say the first one that comes to mind. I know I just said it, but Martha is dead. The soundtrack was really, really compelling. Oh, really, like, good, good, okay. sucked me in. I'll let you go a little bit longer though. I'd, like what would you what would you actually say? Because I'm actually intrigued. Like I know, I gotta think about it. Um, the best soundtrack in a game. I really liked God, I gotta think of like games with excellent scores. I'm having a hard time thinking of one at the moment. Okay. I really did. I really did like the score on that. Okay, Martha is dead. Cool, 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 cool. And uh, this last question, you can take your time on. Yeah, take okay. it away. Uh, well, like, so where can people find your content, and um, what you got coming up? You can find my content on twitch.tv slash it's me Holly with tools and one Y a recently rebranded queen. And um, I also have been posting a lot on TikTok. I made it one of my other goals this year was to diversify mm-hmm. my content on other platforms. And I chose TikTok to start with. So I am active on TikTok, Twitter, um, Instagram, all under the same handle, which is it's me Holly TV. You can find my content there. I try to post on TikTok two to three times a week. Um, little bite-sized clips and in the future hopefully i'm planning to continue to diversify my content on youtube this year that's something that i want to work on Mm. um so hopefully that's coming out soon heck yeah and uh my lovely lovely co-host jeff what have you got coming up on your channel and where can people find your content oh so you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash jeff rootlog anywhere um well on twitch you can you can find me at jeff rootlog anywhere else um I have been posting TikToks at least if I can once a day. I try. Um, I've been uh, what else been doing? Been getting a little more active on my Instagram story, so you can kind of see like just what I've got going on in a day. Uh, and some things I have coming up on the channel. I'll be doing a charity stream for Mario Day this Thursday. Uh, we'll be raising money for Starlight Children's Foundation. And I'll actually be playing Paper Mario for the very first time. <sighs> The first game or the second game? Uh, the, I think it's the first. It's whichever one is uh, on the Nintendo 64 console. <sighs> I want to say it's the original. Oh, so, the second one's so good. So second one's excited. so good. So I'm excited, excited for that. And uh, other than that, I was recently uh, I recently got a key for the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster, and I've also mm. never played that one either. Uh, and I love the Final Fantasy game, so I'll be excited to jump into that for the first time next week. Hell yes! Oh God, the. The, my my little Machi has started screaming his head off, so I apologize if you can hear that in the background. <laughs> um, and as for me, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash MiaBite. I will be probably doing more Elden Ring, if I'm honest, and trying to finish Final Fantasy XIV and Walker. I'm also going to be taking a look at Final Fantasy VI uh, Pixel Remaster and potentially Babylon's Fall as well. Square Enix sent me out codes for those. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you there. Apologies, by the way, for if you saw me doing any weird weird stuff silently uh i'm very sick so i've been coughing and sneezing off off camera so uh yes but other than that but as jeff and holly yeah jeff and holly thank you so much for joining me today 
Thank you. This was so fun. It's an honor. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I love your faces so much. It's been it's been it's been so much fun. What? Honestly, that's wow. Because I love your face too. <gasps> really? Oh, just, wow. This, Shock, like, this old thing. Wow. <laughs> Imagine. Now that I'm a year old. Now this this old thing. Stop. <sighs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And happy mm-hmm. belated birthday. Again. Oh, thank belated you. Birthday. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Gaming Podcast Live. We will be back in two weeks' time uh, with another wonderful, <gasps> wonderful guest, won't we? For the audio listeners, I've just picked up my cat and he's about to try and fight me. Um, so oh, yeah, there we go. Ow, ow, ow. Okay. He's a oh. climber. yeah but we will be back in about two weeks time with the next episode of gaming podcast live that is that is correct um but also uh you have something coming up don't you you have a new a new show yes we're also thank you i almost forgot about that uh we're also continuing let's go gaming which is our show that happens every single week you can find me live either on a thursday or a wednesday on the gaming channel right here with let's go gaming uh you can join myself and two super special guests well sometimes it's two super special guests sometimes it's one super special guest uh but we play all manner of video games with your favorite lgbtqa plus content creators it is such a fun time it's so chill again last time we did Fortnite, we've done mario kart 8 mario party uh and on the next stream i believe it's next wednesday it's going to be 8 p.m uk time we're going to be playing house of ashes again um with the wonderful Luke Boogie, I believe it is. Yes, oh, Luke I got is, it. Yeah, Luke. Luke. hilarious. Hold it out. Luke there is. we go. Luke Boogie and me are going to be continuing our uh, our House of Ashes playthrough at twitch.tv forward slash gaming mag. So make sure to not miss out. Yeah. And you can also follow the gaming mag channel here on Twitch or subscribe on YouTube uh, so you don't miss any of those amazing shows. And the podcast can also be listened back at any time on all major podcast platforms. And if you're mm. listening there now, Come on over to Twitch uh, whenever we're live uh, and just head to twitch.tv slash gaming mag and you can interact with us and chat. Hell yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, wherever you are, don't forget to keep reading Gaming Magazine and we will see you all very, very soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. I love your faces so gosh darn much. <laughs> <laughs>